This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. I wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, February 16th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how are you doing today? Doing great, Christian. How are you doing on this Taco Tuesday? It is a Taco Tuesday. You know, I'm doing well. It's still early in the week, but uh, you know what? We're we're having fun, and uh, you know, it's it, it's going to go by like that. I'm sure. I I'm sure it'll go quick, just like yesterday's. It it is my uh, real life Monday today. So, uh, as as Garfield says on our Monday shows, frankly, I hate Mondays. <laughs> so. Well, it's a Monday on a Tuesday, for you at least, but uh, yeah, yeah. in any but case... it's going to be a good show. And I'm sure you're well-rested after a couple of days off and uh, yes, feeling pretty yes, good. yeah. Good, good. Don't look don't look all stoned and squinty-eyed. Well, a little squinty-eyed because the LED lights are a little bright. But. They are, but <laughs> got to do what you got to do. In yeah, a, you, do, you do what you got to do, man. In any case, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question from my co-host... Tony, when you play the lottery and get a, uh, a lottery ticket, I'm not talking scratchers. I'm talking like uh, Mega Millions or Powerball, something along those lines. Do you spend time thinking about what you're going to do with the winnings? And then as soon as they do the drawing, are you checking to uh, make sure that uh, either you're a winner or not? No, I've already pre I've already got a pre-notion if I was ever lucky enough to win the, the big one, what I would do. So it's not... Like something on the fly, but oh god, I gotta, I make sure that I get a PlayStation Five. Uh, pay off this? No, like I've already got plans what I would do. Um, I typically don't check till the next day, so super exciting. I know. Um, I did download <laughs> the uh, uh, Colorado Lottery has an app where you could scan the ticket. So uh, when the big one was happening well, a couple weeks ago, like that mass record almost a billion one. dollars right yeah yeah you know you you there's the old adage you can't win if you don't play and and this it's so impossible but uh yeah yeah I, i'm a, a day after checker but i look forward to hearing what craziness you're about to share with us <laughs> yeah i'm the same way next morning i'll check but not the day of just 
typically it doesn't tell you, uh, you know, it'll give you the numbers, but it doesn't say how many people won or, or for how much. So uh, I like to check the next day. Well, all that it's usually goes- a spoiler, right? Like somebody's like, well, the big one was what in Virginia today? And you're like, well, yeah, I did win. Right, right. It was somebody, <laughs> just kind of- not me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, all that goes to say that an Australian woman who won a lottery jackpot worth more than $1 million says she carried Crikey! her... <laughs> She said she carried her winning ticket around for over a month before she knew it was a big winner. The Darwin Northern Territory woman told the lot officials she bought her ticket for the January 9th Tats Lotto drawing at Barden's Pharmacy in Darwin, but she didn't check the ticket to see if it was a winner until over a month later. I went to buy a ticket for this weekend's draw and then checked this ticket in the process, the woman said. I had absolutely no idea. It's crazy. Lottery officials said the ticket, which earned a total jackpot of $1,086,400, was unregistered, so officials had no way to contact the winner until she came forward. The first thing I'll do is pay off my mortgage, the winner said. I'm going to get myself a few diamonds as well. I'm working right now, but tonight I'm definitely going to be spoiling myself to something nice for dinner to celebrate. So it goes to show, you know, you you buy a ticket, you never know, you might be a winner. But make sure you check it in a timely manner. Don't uh, let it sit in your wallet or, you know, in the center console of your car. There's always the chance it could just go missing and all of a sudden you're out that giant jackpot. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of those things. It's whew, you don't want to take those chances. That's for sure. Yeah, and even in this case where she went to go buy another one, she's like, ah, I'm just going to check this one from a month ago. Beep! Holy crap! I'm a winner. <laughs> couldn't you imagine? That would be I. I couldn't even imagine. That's just that's too damn cool. Oh, I, that feeling would be so good, but uh, only a few people get to uh, experience it. And then you always hear those stories about the people that win multiple times. And it makes you wonder, how lucky are these bastards? Yeah. <laughs> lucky gosh. Well, folks, it is Tuesday. We have a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It is Taco Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday, and as we do on Tuesdays, we've got Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. We have a segment called Creepily Intelligent Pets, keeping on with the animal uh, theme. Our call-in topic, the interactive portion of the day, is Feel Old Music. What songs come on the oldie station, the classic rock station, that just plain make you feel old? We have a segment called... Nope. We round out the day with this day in history, and up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, February 16th. Now we have a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line. 
giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you held on to a winning lottery ticket a little longer than you should have. We want to know about it. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and you know what that means. Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, February 16th, and here is your Filippo Fast Five. <laughs> Truth Seekers uh, on Amazon has been canceled. It starred Simon Pegg and Nick Frost um, after just one season. So Disappointed! That was a Man, great least... show. Yeah, too bad. It just, uh, unfortunately, only going to get one. So... Paranormal Activity reboot to be directed by Underwater's Will Eubank. I don't know why we need to reboot that, but okay. Nope. <laughs> Ice Earth singer Stu Block and bassist Luke Appleton have officially quit the band. So I don't know what's going to happen to Ice Earth. Again, another bummer. They're now on ice. <laughs> uh, five-time Jeopardy champion Braden Smith died following surgery count complications. He was 24. Ooh, That's that sad. Um, speaking of sad, man, I'm all about the sad ones this morning. Right. Vincent Jackson, former Chargers and Buccaneers receiver, uh, passed away at the age of 38. He was found in a hotel in Tampa yesterday. <sighs> Another bummer. Uh, definitely sad. He's from uh, Colorado and uh, former uh, Greeley Bear, so... Yeah, you know, thoughts that go out to his family and friends, and same with uh, Braden Smith. For sure. But that's it for the Filippo Fast Five. Kind of, kind of on the sad notes. I didn't make them sad. That's just that just, the just the way they panned out. Yep. World. That's just the way it happened. Uh, but we will roll into the entertainment news of it, and uh, <clears throat> no surprise that uh, everybody's jumping on board with Wandavision. I mean, it's. It's one of those shows that we've talked about it. It's the slow burn. It starts out kind of weird. Um, you know, you don't really have to know a whole lot of the background, although it does help. Um, and it keeps you guessing. We still don't know who the big bad is. We don't know what, what's controlling. It's, it's just a fun weekend, week out, like, oh, crap, what's going to happen next? You and I discuss it all the time. Um but Disney received good news uh, ahead of their earnings call, and it has to do with the success of WandaVision. The miniseries has seen a huge surge in viewership and has even risen to the status um, of number one series worldwide. According to Parrot Analytics, which is an audience attention measurement system, it captures audience behavior data set by sifting through social media, fan ratings, and piracy data, to represent audience demand. So does that mean they, they catch people stealing it? They do, but they don't they? report it. They just they just sort of gotcha. track it. Like, oh, it got downloaded. They must be watching. Yep. Oh, it got downloaded again. The show has become the world's most in-demand TV show across all platforms less than four weeks after its January 15th debut. The information comes uh, provided by Forbes. The analytics shows that WandaVision took a bit t- bit of time to hit its stride with its viewers. <clears throat> the show bounced between the numbers 7 and 35 spots soon after its debut, but the surge began during its third released episode on January 22nd, and then on February 5th, uh, which was episode 5 was released, featuring this shocking return of a significant character, 
the Marvel series shot up to the title of number one series worldwide. Hmm. Bring in some X-Men characters. Might Interesting, oh, right? <laughs> Interesting. If he's really even an X-Men character. Um, it has remained there ever since as of February 7th. The timing of this growth coincides with the episode that many fans believe the miniseries finally found its groove. Episode 3 gave us a clearer glimpse of what's really going on in Westview, and every episode since has provided more answers while also maintaining a solid sense of mystery to keep viewers intrigued. Uh, reaction to WandaVision has gotten increasingly more positive in recent weeks, so it's no surprise to see this has surged. Um, and this is uh, actually... Um, the, of all the streaming services, this is the most watched. So, um, awesome stuff there with uh, WandaVision. And does it really surprise you? It doesn't no, super surprise me. It but. doesn't. Uh, but, you know, watching the series, you do have to have some sort of idea of what happened in Infinity War and Endgame and, and those sorts of things. Because um, if you go in fresh, you're going to have no idea what's going on. Uh, even more so than just walking in having an idea of what happened previously. Now, I did hear that uh, WandaVision is the highest rated Marvel project, uh, maybe according to Rotten Tomatoes, something along those yeah. lines. And uh, it's a fun ride. You know, I, I just, I look forward to every Friday seeing what they're going to do next. I do too. It's, it's definitely that slow burn and it sucks because this was uh, episode six. So we know we have three more left. So it's kind of a bummer that you know it's coming to an end. It's only meant to be a one-off and yep. to set up other stuff. But so much could happen in three more episodes. Is like this week's was, you know, like a Malcolm in the Middle right. episode, <laughs> and it was done really well. Um, but at the same time, at the end, it goes bonkers and it opens the door for so much more things. So, yeah. and the nice thing is, Marvel has it planned that as soon as this wraps up, we're going to start getting into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. When that wraps up, we're going to get into Loki or uh, Marvel's What If, and so there's going to be Marvel projects every week coming out, <clears throat> which is good. I mean, this is great. And go figure. You know, Disney Plus has done great ever since The Mandalorian. Uh, but this being their first Marvel outing, they're doing a they're doing a bang up job. But oh yes, it's in the hands of uh, smart people and people that get the product, so that's a good thing. Uh, so much that uh, Marvel Studios today, um, one hour ago, announced that there will be a new Disney Plus series assembled. Um, it's going to be called, ironically enough, assembled. Um, it's going to be a new documentary series. The new project will look into Marvel's world of the big and small screen, give fans insight into how various projects in the universe came together as it allows filmmakers, cast, and crew on their journey. Assembled will begin with Assembled, the making of WandaVision, which premieres on March 12, 2021. Um, other upcoming Assembled episodes will look into the making of The Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki via exclusive on-set footage. Each episode will arrive shortly after the theatrical release or series completions of the project that are being showcased. In addition, uh, Marvel series, uh, the Marvel Studios series expects to see an episode chronicling, chronicling, God, that's a hard word today, the making of Black Widow as well as the new Hawkeye series with Jeremy Renner. So um, that could be really cool. I always love the behind-the-scenes stuff. I do, too. You know, back when I was buying DVDs and Blu-rays all the time, it was mostly for the behind-the-scenes stuff, the making of, and obviously the more elaborate it was, the more I enjoyed it. But uh, it's great to see that they're doing it with this as well. Yeah, it's 
And it's awesome. It's I like how they're just finding more ways to make content. They're like, well, what can we do with all this? Well, let's make a show. Let's yeah. chronicle it. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's it's always uh, more entertaining, and it's cool to see the actors at, as themselves as well. Yeah. So Now, speaking of behind-the-scenes, did you watch their Behind the Mask documentary that they just released? No, I did not watch that. I saw the... What was those little the little ones where they got you caught up? Um, oh yeah, like yeah. yeah. WandaVision. I've watched those ones, but not Behind the Mask. No. Watch no. Behind the Mask; it's good. Okay, I'll check that out. Hey, Chris, um, in twenty twenty one, who did you hope would reunite? Was there like someone from the past that you're just like, man, that'd be cool if they got back together? Yeah, I was hoping for Joni and Chachi. Ah, well, that didn't happen. But would you settle for? Um, would you settle for uh, Zach Galligan and Gizmo, a.k.a. Billy and Gizmo? Okay. All right. I'll take it. Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not getting Gremlins 3, well, in the sense that we think we're going to get it. It's going to be an animated movie on HBO Max, and it's a prequel, not a sequel. But fans of the Gremlins franchise have been waiting 31 years to see a new sequel. I don't know if fans have really been waiting that long, but, uh, you know, 31 years seems like a long time. It is. Uh, while an animated series prequel called uh, Secrets of the Magwai will be coming to HBO Max sometime this year, um, that's still not going to give fans what we want to see, and that's the side of Zach Galligan, who played the role of Billy Peltzer, sharing the screen with his Magwai buddy Gizmo. Well, thankfully, Mountain Dew has us covered in a newly released commercial for Mountain Dew Zero. Uh, Galligan and Gizmo are reunited, and this commercial shows that Billy started a family since we last saw him. He has a daughter who's reminiscent of Wednesday Adams and has a Mogwai companion of her own. In the commercial, um, it shows uh, an older gizmo. He's got, like, gray whiskers now. Mm -hmm. And he's drinking uh, the Mountain Dew. And Billy's like, okay, well, be careful. And, of course, gizmo's a spaz and gets it all over him, gets wet, starts popping off Mogwai. And, and he has some little cute line in the commercial i forgot what he said but uh but he had some cute little line i'm not sure if it was uh howie mandel doing the voice um but you know it's a it's a cute little commercial definitely cool to see uh gizmo and billy back on the i wouldn't say the big screen but just on screen together on again a screen. it's always a cool thing i'm wondering if they're testing the waters a little bit seeing if there's an appetite for a official third one you know you mentioned the animated series that's coming to hbo max Okay, but, uh, you know, what could they do with today's technology and a Gremlins movie? Yeah. I just we'll hope see. if they do, got to get Howie Mandel back as Gizmo. Exactly. The voice was a little off. If it was Howie, he, it was a little off, I thought. <laughs> it was but, an off day for him. Um, it was just an off day. And no Phoebe Cates. I would have uh, liked to see Phoebe Cates, but I know she's long retired, so yep. she doesn't do a whole she's lot. living off Maybe that Kevin Klein money. third one. <laughs> But uh, but who knows? But uh, yeah, kind of a slow day in the entertainment world. So uh, uh, it's already that time. So let's just uh, do up the birthdays. It's my birthday! It's my birthday! Yeah! So, so this guy performed at the Super Bowl. He's had several top 10 hits on the Billboard's Hot 100 list, including The Hills, Can't Feel My Face, and Starboy. Do you think he can't feel his face because it's all like he had that plastic surgery? Probably. <laughs> or maybe still lost in that haunted or that fun house. Right. The Super Bowl. I love how that's become such a meme. 
But uh, the weekend is 30 today. Uh, younger sister of Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, she emerges as a talented horror act, film actress in Martha Marcy, May Marlene, and Silent House. She played Ellie Brody in the 2014 Godzilla film, and she kind of plays this little character, uh, Scarlet Witch, Wanda, uh, in WandaVision. Elizabeth Olsen is 31 today. Born Tracy Morrow, he's an iconic rapper and founder of the heavy metal band Body Count which released the controversial track Cop Killer in 1992. Despite the anti-police message of his most infamous song, he went on to portray a police officer on the long-running NBC drama Law & Order SVU. Ice-T is 62. One of the NFL's all-time leading rushers with over 13,662 yards, he spent most of his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, where he earned the nickname The Bus. He helped lead the Steelers to victory in Super Bowl XL in his final season. Jerome Bettis is 48. Co-founder of the hit rock band Three Days Grace, which has released multiple certified platinum and gold albums, including One X, Life Starts Now, and their self-titled debut album, uh, bassist Brad Waste is 43. And lastly, Cuban-born heavy metal drummer who has played with Slayer. He has a unique double bass drumming style, which earned him the nickname The Godfather of Double Bass. Dave Lombardo is 55. And that is your celebrity uh, birthdays and entertainment news for Tuesday, February 16th. Well, folks, that does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it is Tuesday. And we're going to be talking Animal Tales, sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, February 16th. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on YouTube Live or Facebook Live. Now if you want to get a hold of us on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio of course with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. Now, being that it's Tuesday, and in this segment, we like to talk animal tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now, Rough Riders is a local 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the transport of animals from the rural kill shelters, for lack of a better term into the more metro area working with local shelters and rescues to find these dogs a new home, give them a second chance at life. If you want more information, head over to roughwriters.org. That's R-U-F-F writers.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash saves. And now without further ado, let's get into animal tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey prays and the pony neighs, the old grey badger sighs. 
Listen to the bass, it's a one on the bottom Where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus Moans and groans with the big to-do And the old cow just goes moo <sighs> Gotta love that banjo, right? Yeah, it gets down, man it Gets right <laughs> down to it Certainly does Well, let's start with our first uh, story in Animal Tales Woo-woo <laughs> Papa sits in his high chair, having just chowed down on his dinner. Because the muscles in the dog's esophagus don't work properly, the special chair allows gravity to help food reach his stomach. But like a baby, he needs to burp before he can get help down. So his owners, Bernie Knob and Tim Belovich, do their best to try and keep 16-year-old terrier mix entertained telling stories and singing. How much is that Papa in the window they sing? The one with the waggly tail? The couple's devotion to Papa stems from their commitment to caring for any animal they adopt and a promise to a dying man. In the spring of 2019, Papa needed a new home. He'd spent the last three years happily living in San Francisco with a man named John Weston, who used a wheelchair due to Lou Gehrig's disease, also known as ALS or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Wow, that's a hard one to say. Papa often put his paws on the chair so Weston could pet him. But when Weston's health began rapidly deteriorating, he needed to find Papa a loving forever home before he passed away. The team at Muttville Senior Dog Rescue was ready to help. Sherry Franklin, founder and CEO of the nonprofit, had placed Papa with Weston, her neighbor, three years prior and had pledged to help if health issues prevented him from continuing to care for the dog. Well, that time had come. I really wanted John to be taken care of and his feelings to really be taken into consideration, Franklin told today. It was just this overwhelming sense of duty to do this for him. Muttville put out a call for potential adopters on social media, including a video of Weston and Papa and the caveat that Weston would like to meet potential adopters. Though they live in Los Angeles, Nob and Belovich had already adopted three dogs from Muttville because they loved the organization's focus on senior dogs. Nob happened to be in San Francisco for work and had the chance to meet Papa on short notice when another potential adopter fell through. They connected immediately. As he played with the spunky dog on the floor, Weston asked his caregiver to summon Nob to his bedside and briefly removed his oxygen tube so he could speak. John put his hand on my arm and he just said, You're a good guy. This is good, Nob told today. It was emotional. Everybody was crying in the room. It was obviously meant to be. That was the last time they spoke. Three days later, Weston died. Muttville's Franklin, who was also in the room, believes he had been hanging on to life until Papa found the perfect home. I think he met the right person and he could finally let go. She said, John left this world happier. Nob and Belovich do all they can to honor that trust. Papa easily settled into their home in Los Angeles, squeaking his toys and playing with the couple Schnauzer. Uh, schnauzers. 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 <laughs> schnauzers. Schnauzers. Ella and Henry. So, yeah, it's just a, a awe-inspiring story about, you know, a man and his senior dog and, you know, what they went through to, to find the senior dog, just a new home, a new life, and uh, really give him the love he deserves, especially at 16 years old. I mean, that's, that's a long life for a dog that, uh, you know... It, it, deserves that sort of love. So uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful story. And I'm going to be posting these on our Facebook page for uh, folks to check out if you want to read the entire thing. Yeah, I look forward to reading some more of the the good stories for Papa, but I'm glad he got a good home, though. I am too. 
Well, let's keep moving on. We're talking animal tales. Talking animal tales, yeah! So to Native Americans, the return of the white buffalo represents the dawning of a new age of good fortune and peace on earth. It's funny, when I read this, I thought the same thing. A (laughs) A white bison has been born in Missouri's Ozark Mountains. The new arrival is part of a herd of 25 brown bison that roam a 10,000 acre nature park called Dogwood Canyon. The extremely rare blonde bison came as a delightful surprise to the park's managers who have named him Takoda, the Sioux word meaning friend to everyone. A white bison's birth was once an exceptionally rare occurrence with some estimates stating that only one in 10 million bisons were born white. Dogwood Canyon uh, Director of Wildlife Jeremy Hinkle tells Prevention Magazine. But the occurrence has become more common in the last couple of decades thanks to both luck and breeding efforts by conservationists. A surprising number of ivory bison are being born in the West, confounding geneticists, delighting the rest of us, and we hope fulfilling a Native American prophecy of peace and goodwill on Earth, Callan Kane writes for Cowgirl Magazine. The phenomenon is becoming more common due to crossbreeding with cattle as a result of attempts by ranchers to save the species from extinction after original populations plummeted to only a few hundred between 1830 and 1900. The population has now rebounded to about 400,000 bison in the United States. No one seems to know exactly how many of those are white, but ranching experts believe it is fewer than 50. And uh, there's a really cool picture of this uh, white buffalo. Great white buffalo. Uh, Great white buffalo. For you folks to check out. Very cool. And, of course, you know Tony being in Colorado, you, you guys get your fair share of buffalo there. Um. We do, especially up in this area. You get closer to the Wyoming area, and it definitely, you get a lot of that. Exactly. Let's move on to our last story in Animal Tales. Ah! Went with the goat. Tony, what's scarier than one python? Oh, gosh, uh, multiple pythons. (laughs) Well, two Florida cousins recently captured a huge Burmese python after spotting, spotting it slithering on their property in central Florida. Aaron Brown told Fox 13 that he was recently driving down the street near his home in Zolfo Springs when he spotted the large snake, the station reported on Wednesday. I drove past it and said, that's a big snake. I had my mother with me, and she said, well, get out and get it. I said, you get out and get it. If that joker catches me, you can't help me, Brown told the television station. Brown called his cousin, William Wilkinson, and the two men, along with Wilkinson's son, Hunter, worked to hook and shoot the snake after it moved into a culvert. Once we got him pulled out, it was like, my God, what a snake. At about 16 feet and 300 pounds, the python was the largest reported snake to be found in the area. Wilkinson said that the family had never seen anything that big in the woods surrounding their property in Zolfo Springs. After capturing the snake, the family called Dustin Crum, a local snake hunter, who took the snake. Crum said he found 100 eggs inside the animal while he was skinning and examining it. Goes to show that, uh, you know, one python is scary enough, but a hundred pythons, that could be terrifying. So, uh, yeah, uh, no, thank you. (laughs) And I know that's your favorite thing in the world, too, huh, Tom? Mm -hmm. No, thank you, buddy. No. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing you didn't roll up upon it. In any case, I run. Oh, I'm sure. That does it for Animal Tales on this Tuesday. When we come back, we've got a segment called Creepily Intelligent Pets. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Tuesday, February 16th. Well, while we have reached the final segment of the first hour, don't fret. There is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including the interactive portion of the show, where we're asking you, what music on the oldies or classic rock station is starting to make you feel old these days? In any case, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get audio, you can get video as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now in this segment, we're continuing on with the animal theme. We did animal tales uh, in the previous segment. This one's titled Creepily Intelligent Pets. Now, Tony, I know you had uh, Shadow, you had uh, Vanilla Bean, two Shiba Inus. Did either one of them to you strike you as uh, a type of dog that was always thinking, always trying to come up with something, maybe a little more uh, uh, conscious thought than just, I'm a dog? Yeah, Shadow always had, like, that mischievous little, like, hmm, what am I going to do next? Like, there'd be times where I'd be sleeping and I would, like, know. Like, he was staring at me and just being weird. Like, he would stare over. And it's like, what is he thinking? Usually it was probably, how am I going to get this dude up? Right. You know. <laughs> he, that dog, Shadow was uh, actually uh, next to uh, a dog we had in high school, Doobie, um, which was a black lab. He was a great dog. Um, <clears throat> Shadow was a fantastic dog. Uh, smart. Always had little plots. And I swear when we got Vanilla, the other Sheba, man, he was... He was pissed. Like you could tell, there was certain things. Like how could he get her into trouble and not him and not be him? It was interesting dynamic to say the least. It is very strange. You know, we've got two uh, Staffordshire Terrier pit bull dogs. One is Tahoe, who is. Uh, very intelligent you can tell that those wheels are turning that uh, you know he's always trying to consider your feelings and and the way he's doing things and then we've got goliath who is just a dog he's just, i want food i want rubs Go- I goliath want water. is just a dog he's so adorable like he just walks around big ass drool he don't care exactly do- yeah do- 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 do. if we got him when he we when he was young we might have named him slimer but uh you know he he yeah. came with the name goliath so that's what we stuck with it's funny you say that um uh, with my aunt and uh, cousin's dog um like uh, my aunt and uncle's uh, German Shepherd, very smart wheels always going. And then you got my cousin's cute, cute brown lab Kobe, just adorable, but just a dog. Yep. Drool. It is weird how that happens. Well, we've compiled a list of stories about uh, creepily intelligent pets that are a little bit more on the Tahoe side, a little less on the Goliath side. So let's go ahead and get into it. <coughs> this story from the Goat Lord, I should have used this sound right. <laughs> said, I had a really bad day and was in my room crying. 
My cockatiel Stormageddon started screaming from his cage, so I got him out. What? He jumped onto my shoulder and put his head on my cheek and started saying, It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Over and over Cock again. Cockatiel! Stormageddon! Ah! Ben Affleck! Ah! Harry Stamper! <laughs> I, ah! I say that to him when he freaks out in his cage at nighttime. A car honks, a horn outside, he starts screaming and flapping his wings. I didn't realize he could tell I was sad and say it back to me to comfort me like I comfort him, let alone I say it all the time. You know, it, it is amazing how pets can tap into your emotional state. And, you know, if you're feeling down, sometimes they can come in and, and you know, comfort you in that way or, or put their head on your lap. And it is really interesting to uh, to see how intelligent they can be with uh, emotional support. Yeah, they do good with that. Uh, vanilla, not so much. I think Vanilla was just a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. So she wasn't too bright. Shadow, he was, though. He always <laughs> he knew what was up. Let's keep moving on. We're talking creepily intelligent pets. <laughs> this from Darth Biscuit 80. Boy, these are some great names. Darth Biscuit! My cat Tuffy stole a piece of bread off the stove and put it on the floor next to the cabinet. She then started stared at it intensely and motionlessly for an hour. We thought that was creepy. Then a mouse came out from behind the cabinet to get the bread, and she pounced on it. She was using the bread as mother effing bait. This is the same cat who routinely burns her tongue licking light bulbs, hisses at them, and keeps licking. I guess uh, in that case, they, they choose their intelligent moments, but uh, you know, that, that is a smart way to, to trap a mouse. The Adventures of Tuffy and Jerry. That's... <laughs> <laughs> It's like literally a uh, live-action Tom and Jerry there, huh? <laughs> exactly. Wow. All right, let's keep moving on. We are talking creepily intelligent animals. <laughs> creepily. This from user Jay Savvy says, I have a blind 150-pound solid muscle American bulldog. He loves everyone. If he hears a new voice, the love wiggles begin. He is just a huge lover dog, sleeps with my four-year-old every night, gets along with my cats and other dogs. Just a giant sweetheart. Well, a work buddy of mine gave me a ride home once, invited him in for a bit. We walk in. My pup starts his love wiggles and stops. Love wiggles! Ears fall. Tail droops. His expression changes from his unusual happy-go-lucky self into the dog he looks like, a vicious monster. Well, he bares his teeth, starts growling at my buddy, and when my son walked into the room, he went nuts. He lunged at my buddy, snarling teeth barred. What the hell? He's never acted like this ever. I was so confused and embarrassed. My buddy leaves. I scold my pup. Life goes on. Fast forward a few months and it turns out the buddy of mine from work is arrested for possession of CP. I don't know what CP is. The blind beast who loves everyone somehow knew to hate this guy. He instinctively disliked him. And when my son came into the room, he went into protect mode and tried to get the guy. Creepy stuff. Um, Tony, I assume you're looking up uh, what CP is. When I type in CP, it comes up. Uh, oh, oh, uh, I know what it is. Cerebral, cerebral palsy. No, child porn. Oh, yeah. Oh, creepy. Okay, well, I'm glad I didn't look that up. Boy, that makes that even even creepier. But uh, yeah, you know, again, dogs have senses about people, and uh, that that was one where uh, that dog definitely stepped in, did his job. Let's Yikes. keep move on. Creepily intelligent pets. <laughs> From Code One Coffee, 
My cat is diabetic. About a month ago, he had to start insulin. No sugar for Tuffy here. <laughs> had to start insulin twice daily. I have an auto feeder which goes off every 12 hours and gives a pre-proportioned meal. Since I work early in the morning, the first meal goes off at 5 a.m. Half an hour after he eats, he gets his insulin. He's a good boy and sits very still while I give him his needle. Every time I tell him good boy and give him a quick once over with his favorite brush. On my day off, I forgot to set my alarm for his insulin. At 5.30, he jumped right up on my chest and patted my face ever so gently until I got out of bed. He immediately ran right to the fridge and sat down where the insulin is, waiting for his first brushing. Good boy knows he's a good boy. Yeah, you know, pets, dogs, cats, they seem to know, especially if you're part of a routine. My dogs come 7 o'clock at night. They're walking into the kitchen knowing it is dinner time. Uh, it, it's weird. You know, it, it could be 10 minutes before, 10 minutes after, nothing. Right at 7 o'clock, they get up, they walk in. Ah, it's amazing. It is amazing. It is. Animals are great. They are. Mostly. There, there's, some, there's some buttholes out there. There are. Let's keep moving on. We're talking creepily intelligent animals. <laughs> or pets. From Mango Langoon. Okay. My cousin had a koi fish pond and two dogs. One night, the dogs started barking during the middle of the night really loud and urgently, and they almost never bark at anything. My cousin and her parents knew something was weird and went out to check. One of the fish somehow managed to jump out of the pond and was flopping around next to the water on the concrete, and one dog was trying to help it back in the water with his nose while the other was barking for my cousin or her parents to help. Once they watched them place the fish in the water, they went back in the kennels to sleep. They would watch the pond a lot from then on. And, uh, yeah, you know, dogs uh, aren't only willing to help people. They're willing to help uh, other animals as well. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> you know, especially when they like to help out. And you get to if you get to witness that, it's always very neat. Very cool. All right, let's keep moving on. Creepily Intelligent Pets. <laughs> from literally out of lunch or out to lunch. I have a chocolate lab and a black cat. My dog loves tennis balls. My cat doesn't want my dog to be happy, so he would sit on her tennis balls like a chicken hatching an egg. One morning I was getting ready for work and my dog is barking at my cat because he's sitting on her tennis ball. I thought, all right, a-hole, that's it. And I went to the closet, got three cans of tennis balls, opened them and tossed them around the apartment. My cat seemed unmoved as my dog yelped in glee at her newly found fortune. I left for work. When I got back home that evening, I hear my dog barking in the dining room. When I get there, I see all 10 tennis balls in the corner guarded by my cat and my dog barking at him. He looked me in the eye as if to say, F you, I win again. You know, I, I'm not a big cat person, just because, as the story proves, cats are kind of assholes. But uh, it, it does show that they are quite intelligent. They are, and they are. Some of them are sweet, but then some of them are just, yeah, they can be assholes. <laughs> if you guys ever get a chance, go onto YouTube. There's a great video where it's uh, dog people versus cat people. And basically, they humanize like two friends. One is a dog, one is a cat. And it is hilarious how accurate it is. Well, folks, that does it for the first hour of the Christian Phoenix radio show. We still have our second hour ahead with the interactive portion of the show. We're talking feel old music. Don't go anywhere. Listen to the news. Take a potty break. Get yourself some tea and join us back here in seven minutes. We'll see you guys then. 
do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. radio show on this Tuesday, February 16th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, are you ready for the fastest hour of the day? Let's go! I don't know what the hell that was, but yeah, I'm I'm ready, buddy. I'm ready. Uh, It goes by so quickly, the second hour. But, uh, you know, we have fun. You know, we we make it interactive. And, uh, you know, it's just sort of the great way to uh, get the rest of our day going. Right, Tone? Absolutely. It uh, kicks it into high gear. And this next part's fun because it's all about you. (laughs) Not me. You guys, the listeners and the watchers. Yes, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys about the topic of the day, which is why we give it 24 hours in advance for you to call on the Phoenix line at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. Just give us a call, leave a message with your answer, your suggestion, your your hint, whatever it may be based on the topic of the day. Or you can head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Again, that's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F radio, of course, with an R. Click into the live video and comment there. Today's topic is feel old music. What song comes on the classic rock station, the oldie station that, uh, you know, just plain and simply makes you feel old? You know, it's uh, something you may have grown up with that uh, you never in your mind thought of as a uh, as an oldie or a classic rock song. But uh, popular opinion seems to be telling you otherwise. You know, this sort of stemmed from a conversation I had with Jessie. Now, she works in senior care, and every time I would go into one of the senior care facilities, they'd always have, like, the old big band Duke Ellington music going on. And I was even joking with her that, uh, you know, when it's our time, when we're going into those, you know, the radio will be on playing Metallica, and nobody will think anything of it because, at that point, it'll be considered oldies. And uh, that sort of got us thinking about, you know, what, what music now or what music did we grow up with is now considered oldies. So, Tony, what is your pick for a song that comes on that uh, makes you just plain feel old? Well, it's uh, the first time I heard it, I, it made me feel old. It was um, hearing Nirvana's In Bloom on the uh, classic rock station. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Anything by Nirvana, in you know, obviously they the, were the first to kick off the whole grunge side of things. On classic rock, it makes you feel old. For those of you that don't know In Bloom, here's a little taste of that. Well, the change is moves. 
good sample. I feel old now, though, because that's, that's classic rock now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you put that side by side with the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. Oh, yeah. Whew, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, for me, it's very much along the same lines. This is a music video that they played all the time on MTV as I was growing up and actually uh, kind of took place in uh, uh, a place I had lived a couple times, Huntington Beach, California, um, and it's Stone Temple Pilots' Vaseline. <laughs> And again, you know, it, it was one of the very first CDs I ever owned. Um, you know, kids these days are probably on a CD. What's that? I'm just kidding. They're What's a CD? Compact disc? Okay, then. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just such fond memories. And, and, you know, you look back and think, eh, that wasn't too long ago. Well, classic rock and oldie stations would definitely beg to differ. So, <laughs> Well, and what's crazy, too, when you think about it, uh, both lead singers of the of Nirvana. Well, Nirvana and uh, Stone Temple Pilots just don't exist no more. Right. Because both singers are dead. Yep. You know, they passed away. It's just, you know, it's it's crazy to think that too. Yeah, and I, you know, I still remember where I was when I heard the day, uh, uh, you know, Kurt Cobain died. And uh, it's it's weird to think back. You know, you, you always used to hear, oh, you knew where you were when JFK was assassinated. Yeah. For our generation, it's where were you when Kurt Cobain died? Very weird. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> strange, man. But, folks, that's what we're looking for are songs that pop on the classic rock or the oldies station that make you feel old. So go ahead and head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video and comment there with your feel old music. When we come back, folks, it is all about you. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on this Tuesday, February 16th. We are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, about your feel-old music. These are songs that pop on the oldies station, the classic rock station, that uh, you never thought as oldies or classic rock, but uh, now you do, and now you feel old. We gave our picks before the break. Tony uh, mentioned Nirvana in Bloom. Mine was along the same lines with Stone Temple Pilots and Vaseline. Uh, Tony, I assume that uh, you had a couple people chime in on your end about uh, what songs make them feel old. I did get a couple. Um, I've got, um, of course, Jamie, she chimed in and said, Stone Temple Pilots, Red Hot Chili Peppers, anything by Aerosmith. Um, And then she said, actually, you know, Lowe's, low by cracker she just heard the other day and that made her feel old yeah it's weird uh you know some of these 90s hits that uh you know we grew up with that were part of the alternative music 
they were one-offs. They were one-hit wonders. But, uh, yeah, you hear them, and it's like, oh, my God. I haven't heard this in ages and decades. And sure enough, you haven't heard it in decades. And uh, now you're just plain old. Yeah. Um, Stacy said anything 80s still blows her mind that, that it's uh... – when she hears it, she just feels old because it feels just like yesterday where, you know, 80s and 90s music was, was pretty common. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that'll definitely make you feel old. And for me, 80s, you know, it, probably less old than 90s music just because, you know, you had the hair band, you had the synth rock, you had, um, you know, the, the 80s pop that uh, sort of fits into that classic you know, rock that uh, the oldies genre, uh, but yeah, for me, the '90s just uh, pushing that thing, you know, in, into those oh, old absolutely. times. Yeah, does not feel. Lacey good. chimed in and said, '90s pop." I would agree. When you start thinking, I you and I can hear it on a classic rock station, but maybe an oldie station. But when you start thinking like Backstreet Boys, In Sync, Britney Spears, and you think of all that, Hanson you know, with that, some Mbop. That, that was like. Yeah, it's all like 20-plus years ago, so... Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, because we, we were talking the uh, Hall of Fame inductees the other day, and uh, Foo Fighters was on that list, and I did some research. It has to have been 25 years from their first album release in order to be considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Foo Fighters, it's their first year being eligible, which means 25 years ago, a whole drinking age person ago their first album came out yeah it's nuts yeah crazy how that is huh very scary very scary how quickly time is passing but you know you got to make the most of it um i did pull up a list of other songs that people had uh, attributed to feeling old on uh, oldies or classic rock stations but folks there is still time if you want to chime in on what's making you feel old when you listen to it uh, over at our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash christian phoenix radio again just click into the live video and comment there twitter user milk eggs bread said just heard the thong song on oldie station and now i feel old Remember that from Cisco? That was like a, a go-to school dance song. Yeah, that's wow. <laughs> when you hear that, that's just nuts. Thong, 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 thong. That's such a stupid song, too. Oh, it's it's really stupid, but it was everywhere at the time. It was. It, it caught on. <laughs> uh, this one from the ex, um, oh, Miss Chad Kroger, uh, Twitter user. Avril Lavigne. Yep. ACA guy says, just heard Avril Lavigne on the oldies station, Complicated. Um, I couldn't quote Complicated. I don't think I listened to that song quite enough to uh, sing it word for word. But uh, again, Avril Lavigne, you saw her videos, at least in the late 90s, all over MTV. Yeah, you did. That one, I, I could have swore I saw that like at the beginning of the late 90s, early 2000s. Maybe? It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Uh, another one from John Reinman says, just heard Smash Mouth's All-Star. Now I feel old. Um, anything by Smash Mouth. Uh, and again, they, they were sort of a, oh, what would be the best way to put it? Sort of a novelty act, for lack of a better term. Because Yeah, they were the ones that always did the soundtrack for the American Pie movies and stuff like that. Or any of the teen teenage like comedies and stuff at that time yeah and they even poked fun and at shrek yeah <laughs> and they poked fun at themselves recently uh last year in that super bowl 
that Pepsi halftime commercial, or it was the, uh, um, was it Progressive with Flo? The halftime commercial, commercial, something along those lines. But uh, they have a good sense of humor about it. They just, they don't do good at with heckling fans, though. They played, I think it was probably four years ago in Fort Collins. They did some, like, festival downtown with, like, it was a food farmer's market festival thing. Well, anyways, they went they went off, and they, like, started throwing vegetables at the crowd. And, oh, no. And then I think he said something like, this town's the worst piece of shit down I've ever played in or something like that. He went <laughs> off on the town. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's you have to realize, and I've always had this theory that uh, there's three types of bands. There's the one-hit wonders, the time capsule band that were sort of good in you know with a few select songs, or you've got the bands that are eternal, like a uh, Metallica or a um, you know Rolling Stones. You know they can keep putting out music and people keep listening. So um, moving on with uh, feel old music from I'm Darth Drizzy on Twitter. Just heard Outcasts. Hey, ya. I'll be affixing tennis balls to my walker later. Um, again, if you're hearing that on the oldie station, yeah, you're feeling old. You know, shake it like a Polaroid picture. Most kids these days don't even know what a Polaroid picture is and why you're shaking it. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, a Polaroid picture. It, it was to make it develop uh, or shake it like a salt shaker. Uh, that one's probably a little more relatable, but... Uh, in any case, you know, Andre 3000 and Big Boy on uh, oldie stations, mm, hard to swallow. This next one, Twitter user Tyler Nagel, LOL, says, I heard Evanescence bring me to life on Classic Rock Radio Station today. So if you need me, I'll be in my armchair reading AARP magazine. Uh, it's funny, that one came on the other day on the Classic Rock Station, and uh, Jesse had to turn the radio she's like i can't hear the song again they just play it you know do they have other good songs surprisingly they do but that's the only one that was ever ever played that was the one that was constantly played yeah and they had a lot and what's funny is they didn't even i watched a thing on them and they didn't even want the guy singing the rap part Uh uh-huh like the studio made that they made that happen that wasn't a part of interesting i'm sure that was in response to the whole like lincoln park the sort of new metal rap rock that was coming out at the time yeah because it made you kind of think like for their first song you're like oh is this dude in the band is this how they sound but the dude was no he's like the lead singer of some band called 12 stones yeah that's right saying it and that was his thing but uh, yeah they do have a lot of good songs she's very talented but yeah that uh that was their big one. That's the only one Which they is ever so played. so weird. Um, yesterday when we were discussing this topic, I turned on the uh, local rock station, the classic rock station, and I was texting you, and it was uh, it was just so weird. Bush uh, Come Down came on there, and that made me feel super old. And, <laughs> you know, and Stone Temple Pilots was on there, and Alice in Chains, and yeah. all great bands, but... Made me feel old. But then, of course, then you had Joe Walsh and you had, you know, the older, like the vintage rock. Right. The true classic rock. Boston. Yeah. (laughs) So then it it was like, okay, well, that stuff I would think to be on there. But not to hear Alice in Chains, Bush. No. You know, Candlebox, things like that. And it's funny, um, you know, having that conversation with Jesse about Evanescence. And that might actually uh, be a good call in topic for the future. 
are songs you'd be okay never hearing again. You know, for instance, yeah. Metallica is one of my favorite bands of all time. But if I never heard Enter Sandman again, I would be okay. I could live a happy life. Yeah, that's true. This is a very overplayed song. Yep. For sure. Oh, uh, let's move on. Uh, we're talking feel old music. This from Mr. Parlier says, why is it that I just heard Jimmy Eat World on Classic Rock Station? And then, of course, there's a meme Oof. of uh, Robin Williams from Jumanji where he says, what year is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Jimmy Eat World was, again, early 2000s, you know, uh, probably even too soon to be considered for classic rock. Yeah, I would say that's a little early on that one, but that's crazy. Yeah, somebody's jumping the gun a little bit. Um, And there is still about two minutes left if you folks want to chime in with your feel-old music. You know, just let us know on our Facebook page, on the live video, comment in there. For instance, like this one from uh, Katie Stoll. Again, another go-to school dance song. Just heard Ricky Martin's Live in La Vida Loca on the oldie station. I am deceased. In lieu of flowers, please send prosciutto. Uh, uh, Again, another song you could not hear anywhere in the late 90s. And, of course, then it was brought back to popularity by um, James Hung, William Hung, on uh, oh um, yeah, uh, she bangs, she bangs. Oh, she bangs. Not living La Vida Loca. It was another Ricky Martin song. It counts, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I, I feel like they just pushed that guy just, just because he was just funny. Oh yeah, they. Yeah, I, have, I, have, I have no chime-ins, sadly. They had a, uh, they got a kick out of making fun of the people who couldn't sing, and of course, you know, he had a, a few golden years uh, playing on that. Yeah, he sure did. He he made a little bit of a living off of that. Not a bad way to get one. <laughs> and then finally, we're talking feel old music. Not exactly sure where this song should be placed when it comes to oldies, classic rock, whatever the category might be. Sonia Bassage says. I just heard My Name Is by Eminem on the oldies radio station. Ooh. You know, once rap starts becoming, quote-unquote, oldies, where do you play that? The oldies station? Is there a classic hip-hop station? Who knows? On Sirius XM, there is, but uh, local radio, I don't think there is. I don't know. I don't know. Well, folks, that does it for our topic of feel old music. When we come back, we've got a segment simply titled, Nope. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, February 16th. Now we talk about it a few times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including the interactive portion of the show, which we just finished up. The topic for tomorrow's show is the worst way to die. Uh, We talked yesterday at the top of the show about the woman who was pulled into a poultry meat grinder in Russia, talked about some terrible ways to uh, go out. was wondering if you guys ever uh, had that on your mind about uh, what would be the worst way to die. 
will give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. And it's a voicemail. You know how it works. You leave a message after the beep, no human interaction whatsoever. While you're there, uh, you know, just make sure you're keeping it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, which is simply titled, Nope, we're looking at ways that, uh, you know, the universe has uh, told people in lack of a better term. Nope. Tony, do you ever uh, feel that the universe is either out to get you or that, uh, you know, there's just something that no matter what you do, uh, the universe is going to stomp all over it? Uh, yeah, there's days I feel like that. Um, I guess who doesn't, you know, sometimes you go on those long stretches or what seem like long stretches of just disappointments, like, well, whether you're going through a breakup, uh, work's not going good, uh, personal life is in the dumps. I mean, just whatever it may be, you might mentally think that, um, and then you're more likely to focus on the negative and all the bad things as opposed to seeing all the good things around you, you know, because it just depends on where your mental state is during that. But yeah, I've definitely been down there. I've definitely felt like that. Yeah. And it just goes to show that, uh, you know, if you are feeling that way, you're not the only one. Everybody feels like the uh, universe is taking a crap on them from time to time. And, uh, you know, it's just how you deal with it and how you move on and, and how you get help if you need help. But in any case, here are some stories of people where the universe essentially said, nope to them. For instance, Twitter user Big Poppy says, my coworker told me he got banned from a bar when he lived in North Dakota back in 1973. I didn't try going back to it for 30 years, but he finally did. And the moment he stepped in, someone yelled, get the hell out of here, Dennis. And that's probably my favorite story you ever. You <laughs> After 30 years, somebody there recognized him, knew that he had been banned for, or barred from no, banned from the bar. Barred from the bar. Barred from the ban. Anyway. Uh, barred from the bar. Exactly. And uh, got him kicked out. All right. Uh, let's keep moving on where the universe told people. Nope. You've got this guy who had it rough. He says, uh, lose right arm and break my left arm. Friend gives me this T-shirt. It's a uh, cartoon picture of a T-Rex. It says, if you're happy and you know it, clap your Oh. Uh, and i'm going to post this on our facebook page so people can check it out yeah this poor guy missing a right arm cast on the left arm and uh, some friend just decided you know what i'm gonna poke fun at it moving on times where the universe told people nope you've got uh, this pedestrian it is a picture of a rainy cityscape maybe in a wall for an apartment complex with a bus driving by And uh, you can tell that there was somebody standing on the side of the road when the bus drove by through a puddle of rain because there is a cartoon outline of the person against the wall and mud splashed everywhere. Um, Oh, I would hate to be that person. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Talk about a bad day. It's like a cartoon, you know, where it's uh, (laughs) where you see that and everything's going wrong and the big old puddle just splashes them. Oh, they have the grimace face and they're just very upset. When you guys got to see this picture, it is literally a cartoon outline of a person. It's uh, it's quite comical, actually. Let's keep moving on. We're talking about times where the universe told people. Nope. 
For instance, you have uh, this one where in 1998, Honduras built a bridge over the Choluteca River. But, Cholu! But Hurricane Mitch rerouted the river. <laughs> and so it's a picture of a bridge that is over dry land. And right next to the bridge is the river itself. Oh, imagine being frustrated civil engineer work crew who spent all that time putting that uh, bridge up just to have it do it all over again. Ugh. <laughs> Gosh, that'd be awful. Let's keep moving on. Times that the uh, universe told people, nope. This one uh, says, in 1957, Richie Ashburn hit a foul ball into the stands that struck spectator Alice Roth, a sports reporter's wife, breaking her nose. When play resumed, Ashburn fouled off another ball that struck her while she was being carried off in a stretcher. Whoa. Oh, no. She needs to play the lottery. You know, we were talking at yeah, the top of this show about uh, people who essentially get struck by lightning. Well, you know, this, that's to certainly get hit, the case. To get hit twice by the ball, like, oof. Talk about, that's definitely some bad luck for sure. Man. That would not be fun. And, of course, you always yeah. see those videos, you know, where like a bat breaks and it ends up hitting somebody in the stands or a foul ball. Um, you got to pay attention when you're at a baseball game, for sure. Oh, yeah. you got to be alert. There's always stuff flying around. <laughs> Definitely. Luckily, I've never been hit by any of that. But um, I actually knew a guy, uh, well, a co-worker of mine, her husband, uh, he took a foul ball to the face uh, on the third baseline at a Rockies game. That was not good. Ouch. Messed him up for quite a while, yeah. I would imagine. Well, let's, let's keep moving on. We're talking about times that the universe has told people, nope. Nope. <laughs> you know, Tony, uh, construction workers take a lot of pride in their work, especially, uh, you know, if you've laid down a fresh new cement sidewalk. And then a giant tortoise decides that... Uh, Look at this. It looks so great. I worked all day on here. Maybe I'll put my handprint on. Nope. I can't do that. Nope. Maybe I'll sign my oh. name. <laughs> here comes a damn tortoise. No. Yeah, this giant tortoise decided it didn't want to walk on the natural path. It wanted to walk on this fresh concrete and creates just a long trail throughout. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't harden around the tortoise because uh, then uh, the world would be saying nope to him. Oh my gosh, that just sucks. Like, well, (laughs) get to redo that. Awesome. (laughs) Let's keep moving on. We're talking times that the universe has told people nope. This one, maybe a little less the universe, a little more about uh, the decisions that you make. This is a billboard that was taken out in a big city. I don't know which city it is, but it says, uh, Hi, Stephen. Do I have your attention now? I know all about her. You dirty, sneaky, immoral, unfaithful, poorly endowed slime ball. Everything's caught on tape. Your soon-to-be ex-wife, Emily. P.S. I pay for this billboard from our joint bank account. Ooh, that's a that is a uh, what do we call that in the old business? That's a burn, baby. Burn. Ooh, that's just bad. Called out Ouch. for sure. Yikes! <laughs> Woohoo! Let's keep moving on. We're talking about times that the universe has told people nope. From Twitter user run run a look run. All right, I'm not even run a luga 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 booga. People think about your usernames before you create them. It says, Happy Black Friday. When I worked at Old Navy on this date almost 10 years ago, I had 103 fever, and they said I would be fired if I left, so I had to stand there with my coworker, 
who they wouldn't let go home either after she found out her sister had been murdered. Sounds to me like a lawsuit because uh, OSHA would have a few things to say about that. I agree. There'd be a little something on the docket there. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. Times that the universe has told people. Nope. This one, uh, take notes on how flip someone off with words or how to flip somebody off with words. This is, uh, this is from Jeopardy. It's a series of images. It says, Alex Trebek, we'll get rid of these scores right now. We will, of course, add them to whatever the, hey, Brad's score is still on there. Crowd erupts. It's got to be that kind of competition, hasn't it? Um, you know, basically, <laughs> Brad started out with a zero score. And, uh, you know, when it goes into Final Jeopardy, well, they clear that out, and he's still stuck with the same score he had. Next to Ken Jennings, who had a score of 65,600. That would be a tough bill to take. Oh, that'd be a tough one for sure. I oh, If you found out you were going to be a contestant on Jeopardy, and then you get there and Ken Jennings is one of your other contestants, I, I'd walk away. <laughs> yeah, you're like, well... I'm, I, have a, I have a chance, and it's a slim chance in hell. Exactly. Let's keep moving on. We're talking times the universe told people. Nope. For instance, Violet Jessup, a ship nurse, she served on each of the three sisters, Titanic, Britannic, and Olympic. While she was on Ooh. board, the Olympic collided with a warship and nearly sank. The, Titan the Titanic hit an iceberg and sank, and the Britannic hit an underwater mine and sank. Violet survived all three. Uh, in that case, I wouldn't want to be next to Ken Jennings. I wouldn't want to be on a ship where uh, Violet was uh, serving as a nurse. No. For sure. All right. And then finally, Thanks. in times that the universe told people. Nope. This from Twitter user Mom on the Rock says, My toddler ran out of waffles in her pretend restaurant this morning right after she served everyone besides me. And that's about the biggest F you she's ever given. Imaginary waffles, your kid comes up to you and says, oh, I'm sorry, we're all out of imaginary waffles. You can't have any, Mom. Sorry, F you. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Well, folks, that does it for this segment. We are headed into the final segment of the show. Yes, it is time for This Day in History. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. <laughs> Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, folks, we've made it to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Tuesday, February 16th. But if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? No, no, no. Thanks, Tracy Morgan. <laughs> that boggy fuzzy. That, that go ahead, devil eyes. <laughs> well, while you are there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. Tell your friends, because why, Tony? 
Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, which is why we do this segment at the end of each show. We like to drop a little knowledge, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, let's kick off This Day in 1641. English King Charles I accepts Triennial Act requiring the Parliament meet for at least a 50-day session once every three years. Could you imagine getting politicians to meet for what's almost the equivalent to two months for a single session? We're going to have a session, and it is time to talk about the Parliament. Please, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be here for the next 50 days, and no food will be provided. Thank you. Unless they order pizzas from uh, Little Caesars, you know, that crazy bread. King Charles yeah, I, he was a huge go. fan of the, uh, the crazy bread. Huge, huge fan. Let's keep moving on. This day in 1741, Benjamin Franklin's General Magazine begins publishing... Uh, what was it about? Was it just general topics? Was it generals in the army? Was it uh, the general uh, car insurance? Who knows? <laughs> he just there's no no context to that other than it just began publishing. Exactly. Today we're going to start a magazine. It's called the General Magazine. What's in it, Ben? I don't know. <laughs> oh, let's keep moving on. Hey, maybe it was. Uh, oh no, he was uh, an admiral. It's a crap. Ah! <laughs> uh, keep moving on 1861 Abraham Lincoln stops his train at Westfield on his way to Washington to thank 11 year old Grace Bedell in person for her advice to grow a beard to gain more votes and uh, yeah if, uh, I think we've talked about it before but uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln didn't originally have a beard this little 11 year old girl wrote him a letter and it was because of her that he grew the beard and it was this day today in 1861 that he stopped to thank her for it Oh, that was nice. Bazinga. He's he's rocking it. It was very nice. Let's move on. This day, 1923. Howard Carter opens the inner burial chamber of Egyptian pharaoh Tutankhamun's tomb and finds the esophagus. Um, It would have been exciting to be an Egyptian archaeologist back in the mid-1920s, finding all of these burial burial plots and mummies and of course you know this is where the whole you know mummy mythology curse comes from uh you know for movies that we enjoy today yeah absolutely that's crazy yeah yeah Oof. let's keep moving on this day in 1929 in a mysterious murder suicide fatality ned doheny jr son of oil magnate edward l doheny Dies alongside his secretary, Hugh Plummet, uh, Plunkett, at Greystone Mansion, Beverly Hills, Los Angeles. Uh, again, they don't say what makes it so mysterious other than the fact that uh, it appears that uh, the killer killed somebody else, killed themselves, and no reason why. And so forth. Hey, Dilly, hi there, neighbor. <laughs> he does look a little like Flanders, He huh? looks a little Flanders. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. This day in 1938, Bringing Up Baby, film directed by Howard Hawks, starring Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, is released. That's, that's in your go-to list, right, Tone? Absolutely. I've watched it, uh, I watched it at least once a year. <laughs> uh, honestly, I've never seen it. You know, I've, I've never even heard of it. Studied film, but uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's one that uh, wasn't part of the Criterion collection. No. 
Let's keep moving on. This day in 1953, Ted Williams safely crash lands his damaged Panther jet, later awarded the Air Medal. I didn't realize awards could be uh, award, you know, uh, given to people for crash landing jets. And I wonder if uh, Harrison Ford got one for when he uh, safely crash landed his plane on the golf course. You remember that a few yeah, years ago? I do remember that. Yeah. That's always scary, but it, good on him for at least trying to know what to do and trying to keep it afloat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They could have ended really, really bad. For sure. Let's keep moving on. This day in 1957, a movie that is part of the Criterion Collection, Swedish, <coughs> excuse me, Swedish film classic, The Seventh Seal. Borke, Borke. Directed by Ingmar Bergman, starring Max van Sydow and Bengt Eckerot, is released. Um, if you... Everybody's seen clips of this movie. It's basically like death up on a hillside with a white face pointing. And uh, that is where the, um, uh, the version of death that you see in uh, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure kind of gets his inspiration from. Excellent. Is that where that comes from? It is. That's awesome. Didn't know that. Yeah. yeah see, you learn something new. You really do every day. Moving on this day in 1964, the Beatles' second appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show from the Dayvel or Deauville Hotel in Miami, Florida. Um, you know, they like telling us about the Beatles and every appearance they ever had on Ed Sullivan. But, of course, you know, those were uh, all important to making the Beatles as big as they were. Hey, Ed, we're back. This time we're going to play... She hates me. No, no. Versus she loves me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not true because that song doesn't exist. There nope. is always a lot of Beatles stuff on here, though. Yep. Speaking of which, and keep that accent uh, or that uh, impression ready, Tony. This day in 1968, the Beatles, George Harrison, John Lennon, and their wives fly to India for transcendental meditation study with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. I wonder if that's where the Yogi tea comes from. Yogi tea. Probably. Right here is from Marahashi Mahesh. Uh, me and George, we went uh, overseas with our wives. It was a good time. <laughs> Every time I hear the term Maharishi, it makes me think of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Don't know why. Yeah. Just does. Yeah. Maharishi Yogi Tea. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1972, Wilt Chamberlain of the Los Angeles Lakers becomes the first player in NBA history to reach the career 30,000 point mark during a 110 to 109 loss to the Phoenix Suns. It's a shame he lost, or they lost that game for such a big feat. I mean, 30,000 points. That's huge. That is huge. Wilt the Stilt. Let's move on. More sports history. This day in 1989, Dodgers pitcher Oral Hershiser signs a $7.9 million three-year contract. Great pitcher. Terrible first name. Yeah, Oral. Yeah, it's it's a pretty bad name. He's still associated with the Dodgers. He's like a play-by-play guy for him. And uh, um, what was I going to say? Like, you look back. So in 89, 7.9 that's that ain't nothing today. No, 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 no. Like but that nobody was huge would sign a three year deal at that. Nope. Like, no. It's gotta be seventy point nine million or something ridiculous. Exactly. Let's move on. This day in nineteen ninety one, US female figure skating championship won by Tanya Harding. I don't know. Why? Why? I don't know if this was did before she, did, or after did she the attack. Win? Oh yeah, I don't it doesn't say. I mean, no, but did she uh, win because Nancy got taken out? Maybe, maybe. 
that's where we want to know more information uh if the uh, it doesn't give it it doesn't give it to you yeah this day in 1992 the la lakers retired magic johnson's number 32 uniform obviously one of the greats of all time for the la lakers yeah did they end up uh uh retiring kobe's I think they did, right? 24? I'm pretty sure they I, did. He was 24 and 8, so... I wonder if they retired them both. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Let's move on. This day in 1999, O.J. Simpson's 1968 Heisman Trophy is sold for $230,000 to help settle the $33.5 million civil judgment against Simpson for the deaths of his ex-wife and her friend. And uh, his legal woes only continued from there. No, didn't he break into a Vegas place and steal it? Uh, not that. Like, it was it was other signed uh, memorabilia that uh, people were trying to, to sell or who knows, but uh, he got popped. Yeah, but he got caught stealing it. And then, uh, as he always says, I think he's like on Instagram. And he always says, yours truly here. And he looks like uh, the guy from Coming to America, the dad. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> From McDonald's, that's who he looks like nowadays. He's filled out a little bit. And then, yeah. folks, as we head to the end of the show, we like to run down some of today's holidays. Where we talk about the things that we, well, celebrate. For instance, today is Do a Grouch a Favor Day. Of course, okay, um, I, I might work with a few, so we'll see. Do them a favor, Tom. That's all they ask. Make, make, it, make it a nice day for Oscar. Today is International Pancake Day. I wonder if they celebrate mm. International Pancake Day at the International House of Pancakes. Yeah. Just That's not a very about. good place. I don't, I don't like the IHOP. Not great. Today is no. Kyoto Protocol Day. So follow okay. that Kyoto Protocol. It is Mardi Gras. It's the beginning of Mardi Gras, which is uh, celebrated in New Orleans every year at this time. Yep. Toss some beads and show some boobies. Yep. Exactly. It is National mm-hmm. Innovation Day. So go out, innovate something. It is Pusky Day, which uh, looks like a Polish donut that's uh, filled with some sort of cream. Could be Okay. Pretty delicious. I'm glad you described that because I have no idea what Pusky is. I don't either. It is a National Almond Day. Hopefully you know what almonds are. Oh, joy. It is National, National Tim Tam Day, which looks like a uh, chocolate that we're not familiar with here in the U.S., probably Australian. And that does it for our holidays. So, folks, that also does it for our Tuesday. We will be back tomorrow on Wednesday with Words Are Hard. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We will see you all tomorrow. Peace!